0: It's almost like a new period of human history, like the Enlightenment. Well, imagine an entire design renaissance. So the Internet is not evolving at random. There's a hidden goal driving the direction of all of the technology we make. Tech companies are actually taking over the world, and they're doing it with our government's help. Uh, So everybody acknowledges that these are valuable entities. They provide value in our life. Government does nothing as well or as economically as the private sector of the economy. But there's also seems to be a growing awareness that they have become so big that they have too much power now. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and is gravely to be regarded. Welcome to the show. We like to hear a podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Foundations Podcast. My name is Joshua and today we are going to get into the printing press and technology, the internet, these types of things and how there are these correlations between the printing press and the events of the Reformation and prior to that And today's modern age and events that are going on, shifts that are going on with the internet as the enabling technology. So we'll talk a little bit about that and about how that played out and is playing out now, going through things like censorship and decentralized movements and systems and that type of thing in today's episode, and then the next episode, we will get into some other aspects of this, and we'll probably have a few episodes, a short series here on this technology-oriented perspective of our comparison here between the Reformation and the modern, what I'm calling the digital Reformation today, and as a reminder, if you have not done so, go back and make sure that you are listening to all the episodes, ideally, if you're Not interested in this parallel between the Reformation and modern times, then go listen to season one if you haven't done so. That does the whole evolution of government money and education and all these systems and alternative movements, all kinds of stuff. Um, And then this season two is on this stuff. If you don't like this format of me getting into these individual aspects of this parallel, then listen to the beginning of season two. And I've got many episodes where I did interviews with a lot of other uh, podcasters who are experts and and related fields, and we talked about a lot of these types of things from their perspective and their interests and their expertise. And so, you might be more interested in that, but ideally, you listen to everything. So, if you're just randomly catching an episode, uh, just so you know, that is not the designed way to listen to this podcast, it is designed to. To be something that is listened to completely in its entirety. And I just want to throw a reminder. I try to do that every once in a while. And so that is the reminder for today. Now, going on. To get started, I first wanted to talk about just one thing prior to getting into this, and that is kind of relating the idea of God to the idea of information. And that might sound a little odd, but there is a direct correlation here. So if you look at societies in more ancient times they often were directly centered around God or gods, around deity and the supernatural and these types of things, and they openly worshipped the gods or a god, and that was a big part of their lives and their society, their culture. Well, as we get through the time period of the Reformation, a lot of this stuff switched over from... God, and by this point in time, if we're looking at Western Europe, like I'm doing for this parallel, this would be the God of the Bible, the God of the Israelites. But prior to the Reformation, even going all the way back through the Middle Ages— this focus for society went from strictly God and the gods to being a focus on the institutional church. So it wasn't necessarily only about God and direct worship of God and interaction with those ideas and theologies in the Bible. It was about the institutionalized church, and that played a much bigger role in society, especially after Rome fell. That was a really big deal going through the Middle Ages up to the Reformation. Well, once the Reformation happens, the focus and the of society is shifting from the institutionalized church to the institutionalized state. And we were talking about that shift a lot here in this um, season of this episode. And so we have these shifts from the church to the state. Now, there is this aspect of the state being divinely instituted you have the idea of the divine right of kings where god would be in control of who was the leader of the nation and they they were therefore ruling that nation in place of god on earth as god's representative and so there's still this tie to the idea of god and the religion but this was a separate institution. It wasn't through the church, and it wasn't strictly between the individual and God. This was a ruler over a nation wielding the power and managing the state itself as an institution, and that was the primary institution of society. And that carried on well through the Enlightenment period and into modern times. And now we are seeing this shift from the state being the main focus of society and culture, and a lot of the religious aspects of the state did get filtered out, especially through the Enlightenment period. And so the state is more of the sole institution and idea that is the center of society in today's world. Well, we're moving from that into the realm of information and data and analytics, these types of things, this age of science that we are entering into, and that is starting to play this same role where that is going to be the main focus for society and for culture is going to be data. It's going to be information. And that is largely taking a lot of this power away from the institution of the state And now we have these institutionalized sources of information and of data, and those are having the biggest impacts on society and on culture in modern times. And I think that is a shift that is not completed yet, but we are seeing that happening and playing out. And so when I talk about the role that God played in society in the Middle Ages and then compare that to data and information in modern times— it, it's not as much of a stretch as it may at first seem. It's this this shifting of roles that has happened throughout history, and we are at the point now where this role is being filled by data and information. And as I talk about the idea of technocracy, that would be the idea of using data and information to actively manage society in an institutionalized way. And so that's it's the epitome of this age of science really playing out to the full extent of of probably its logical conclusion here and so that's what we're doing and i wanted to give that kind of broad view of this shift because as i'm talking about this stuff with the printing press and technology well the printing press had a really big influence on religion and i've talked about theology and comparing that to politics and it's uh, a lot of the same parallels here but we are seeing that with the internet it's all about information and data And with the printing press, it was all about getting across theological ideas. So again, a focus on God in these types of things, and the institutionalized church and battles within that, and from a theological perspective. And now it's more about the data, about the information, and there are some battles with the institutionalized state, and that's the parallel there. And so that's how kind of everything ties together from that perspective when we're looking at the role of technology then and now. So the first thing I do want to highlight is that with these big movements in world history, typically the big movements don't happen until everything lines up. And one of those things that need to line up in the majority of big movements throughout history is that technology needs to evolve to a point to where it can have a big impact and enable whatever this big event is to happen. And the obvious thing would be that for the Reformation, the printing press really needed to be there or something equivalent to that so that these ideas could spread and so that people could interact with the Bible and with these theological ideas and debates that were going around. This was needed, the technology needed to get there in order for the movement to really take hold and gain steam. And the same is true today. In order to have some big shifts politically and culturally and in our modern society, We had to have and we have to have the internet because we have to have a way of breaking down these national barriers of getting access to all different kinds of information and getting it directly from the sources. And these are, it's kind of the underlying foundation that needs to exist in order for a big movement and a big shift, a big thing, event to take place. And I believe that we are in the middle of that and that that is enabled. Through the technology of the internet and the evolution of this technology is finally at the point where it can actually Be there as the foundation for these big movements that are happening And so that's kind of where the stage is. That's how the stage is set right now one of the big impacts of the printing press and the internet now is the shift in the institutional model so to say of dealing with information There was this change as the printing press came out and became more widespread. It was a change from centralized power or more of a hub and spoke model to a highly decentralized and autonomous model. And so the idea here would be that the hub and spoke model would be that you have a hub in the middle, just picture a giant wagon wheel, and you have that circle in the very middle. Well, that circle holds everything together, and then you have those spokes that stick out in all directions from that circle, and those are all attached to that one circle in the middle. And so it's highly centralized by that singular source in the middle, and the spokes all come out of that, and that's the hub-and-spoke model, and that was how information got out before the printing press was more widespread, where typically you'd have the church, and that was the hub in the middle, and it would send out its opinions, its sermons, its views, its points on theology, but also on philosophy and statecraft and all kinds of different things, how you were to live, all of these types of things, and the church would send it out through all these various modes and ways of getting it to the people, and they would receive this information. And the king would do the same thing, or whoever the lord of the land was, whatever his title was, they would be that central hub, and then the information would largely spoke out from there. That was the model that was active prior to the printing press coming about. And it's the same in modern times. Before everyone had access, or mostly everyone had access to the Internet, we often had to get the information from a more centralized source. And so you had some sources like schools and universities, you had libraries, you had these certain sources that would have access to a lot of this information. And then in order to get to that, you would have to get to one of these hubs and you would have to get to one of the spokes that came out from a centralized hub. And again, it's this hub and spoke model. When the printing press came out and when the internet came out, this model was broken. You now have a decentralized and autonomous model where you had lots of different people that would have a printing press in a given town. Usually there was only one per town, and that did change over time. But when this became popularized, then you had all of these different independent sources that could print whatever information they wanted and get it out there to people. And so you had not just this one centralized source getting information out there to people, but you had all of these various autonomous um, sources that were organized in a very decentralized way a very autonomous way and they were getting the information out same with the internet you have all of these different sources of information that we all have access to through the internet and we can do that because this technology has Evolved and now it is in this decentralized, highly autonomous format. So it's not that there's not one person putting out information that you're getting it from. It's the fact that you have so many different options of where to get that information from now because it is highly. Decentralized, Whereas in a hub and smoke model, you might have either the church writ large, and that could come from the Pope, that could come from your local priest, that could come from your local bishop, who knows, that could come from literature that they put out. There are multiple sources, but all centered around that one hub of the church. And you might also have another hub of maybe the king, for example, and there's a hub and spoke model of information coming out from the king as well, and some of that would overlap. But now we have just thousands of different options for how to get information from a million different hubs and spokes. Some are in a hub and spoke model. So for example, if someone has a podcast, maybe they've also written a few books, and maybe they also have a YouTube channel, and maybe they also keep a blog. And so you can get the information from a lot of these different sources, all from one hub, one person. But the point is that there are thousands of these hubs that are out there, not just a handful of very influential ones that really control the majority, vast majority of the information, 90-something percent probably. Whereas now... Each hub, even the really big ones, they only control still a very small amount of information and we have access to so much more. With the printing press, it was the same way. There might have been some printing presses that put out a lot more pamphlets and books and things like this than other printing presses, but there were just so many printing presses and so many different outfits that were out there and options you could go to that none of them controlled a gigantic market share of information and of controlling that information. One of the really big advantages to this is that this type of model is very censorship-resistant. So, when you only had hand copies, then there are very few copies of books and of information that is written down, and it's fairly easy, relatively, um, you can put easy in quotes here, to ban. And so if you had information that the church didn't want to get out there, they claimed it was heresy, there may have only been a few hundred copies of books out there, and they could probably track down the majority of those and get those out of the hands of the citizens of a given area or whoever had them, and they could censor that information in that way. Whereas if there was information that was getting out there and started hitting the printing presses once they were popular, it would filter from town to town to town, and the church wouldn't be able to keep up and to stop that and to censor that. It just wasn't doable. You could shut down one printing press and get all the copies they put out, but if just one copy made it to a town over or a few copies got out to a few different towns, those printing presses decided to print the information, now all of a sudden you have this exponential growth of this information getting out there and getting printed that's very difficult to shut down and to control. And so this new mode can disseminate just about anything without really having to worry about censorship. We look at this a lot with the Internet, especially when the Internet first came out and first became popular. There was just so much information out there and there was no centralized source. And so it was very difficult to censor anything, really, that was a very hard thing. You could shut down an individual website, and someone could just pop up another one or 10 more that talked about similar content, similar information. And so without the more centralized hub and spoke model with just one or a few of these wagon wheels, so to say, hub and spoke systems, now that you have so many of them, it's just nearly impossible to actually cut off the flow of information and censor things. And so that is one of the huge benefits to having this new decentralized type of model. And it's also one of the challenges because there is going to be information, obviously, that a lot of people don't want out there. And if it can't be censored and can't be controlled, then a lot of people would view that as a problem. And so we do see those issues coming up now as they came up at that point in time. Well, when you have these new technologies that come up and these new options and modes for getting information out there, you do typically start to see alternative movements pop up where they wouldn't have been able to before, before the technology evolved. Like I talked about, the technology evolves to a point where it can enable these big things to happen, these shifts to happen in society. Well... This typically does happen as new technology, groundbreaking technology, very innovative technology comes into play. It's very influential. And you typically do see the rise of alternative movements because now they are enabled through this new technology. And that's usually kind of the beginning. As the technology really starts to take off, you have these alternative movements that are using that, that are getting their voices heard where they couldn't have before. These movements are picking up steam where they wouldn't have been able to in any way before. And so this is a typical thing that happens as technology, very influential technology like the printing press, like the internet comes into being. You see these big things start to happen. Well, the problem is that then often these technologies are then co-opted by the powers that be, and it's often a slightly different set of powers that be, where the old set kind of lost control because of this technology that came out, or partly because, at least, and partly because of these movements that are going on. And you've got other powers that be that were starting to rise up and that are looking to gain more power, more influence in society, and they often can co-op this technology and these movements much easier than the old institutional players. And then this same technology that enabled these alternative movements and enabled these changes to start to happen is then used against the alternative movements once they are co-opted by certain powers that be that would like to build their influence. And so they can use this technology to slightly Do these alternative movements like had started at the beginning of the technology as the technology came out? Let's say for the example of the printing press with the church, these were the alternative movements that came up. They were alternative movements against the church, anti-establishment movements against the church, and the printing press was used for this and disseminating these differing theological opinions. And then printing presses as a whole often were co-opted by the church and by the political leaders as well. And this ended up being used largely to push the idea of the state and the propaganda of the state. Now it was also used by the church so when you have the counter-reformation the church was using the printing press to get a lot of this counter-information back out there and combat this crazy movement that had taken off that got huge. It really blew up and the church was able to have some very effective moves against that with the counter-reformation. They were a little late on that but they were able to do that, but by that time, a lot of these ideas of using the printing press to get information out there to persuade the public, these had already gotten into the hands and into the minds of a lot of the secular leaders, and I say secular, typically all of them claim to be linked directly to the church or to a like-minded institution, whether it be the one of the new uh, institutional churches that popped up through the Reformation or whether it be the traditional Catholic church. But they were still secular rulers. They were rulers over the nations or what would become the nations. And so they started to largely use this and would use this sometimes against the church as well, especially if they broke off from the church, then they would use this mode of propaganda to... Basically, legitimize their point of view and say, Well, this is why we broke away, and this is why it's a good thing, and this is why the old Catholic Church was wrong and they were corrupt, and whatever it was that they were saying, they could get all this information out there. But then they could also get the information out there of, Well, this is why we are the legitimate rulers. This is why you need to obey us and listen to us. This is why we have the right to rule over you and our country. This is why our country is so much better than every other country out there, and all of these types of things. So they can solidify their. Their own place in that society and as rulers as well as use the idea of this movement against the church to further solidify their position and so this is kind of the cycle that happens and the same was true of the internet as well where you have some anti-establishment movements that start to pop up largely against the state who was the main institution at you know in modern history and so As these movements start to come up, they then often get co-opted and the corporate world is the powers that be that I have been referring to as the equivalent of the state popping up and the regional secular leaders of the time period of the Reformation. And so you have them ready to jump on board with this. And you have corporate institutional players like big tech, for example, that are looking to gain more power and to gain that power independent of the state. These are international organizations with information that they are controlling and disseminating on an international global level, and they can use these anti-establishment movements that are against the state and solidify their position of why they are the good guys and why they need to have more say in these certain areas of what they do than the state does and why the state is bad and uh, corrupt and whatever else in these certain areas, and so they can solidify their position that way. You still have the state trying to do this counter-reformation as well and start to to control things a little more and put out counteracting information the state largely controls the education system so that's one of the really big ways that they do that And so they can have some success, just like the church had a lot of success with the Counter-Reformation. But ultimately, what happened? It was these nations that ended up being separate from the institutional church, and that is what happened through the time period of the Reformation. And what are we seeing happen now? Well, you're seeing these big international corporations starting to break away from the state, and this is largely through the abilities that they have now through the evolution of our technology and through the internet. And this is what's going on now, where it began as an alternative movement. It's largely co-opted by different powers that be, and then used against the alternative movements, and sometimes using the Uh, momentum of that alternative movement to kind of steer it in their direction and get it going the way that they wanted it to go. So one of the ways for an example of how this technology is then used against the alternative movements would be for example, the church or the state during the time period of the Reformation, they would say that the tech, the printing press, is to be blamed for the economic and social and moral unrest. It is this printing press and all this new stuff that's getting out there, this new information, and people are falling for it, and they shouldn't be. It's tricking them. It's taking advantage of them. It's the technology that is to be blamed. And so what we need to do is take over that technology so that we can make sure that what in gets out there is proper and is true and is what is good for all of the people. And that is an excuse that is used by the state and the church to take control over a lot of the printing presses and over a lot of the information that is being printed. And that can be used as an excuse. Now, as I have mentioned before, once you have a decentralized autonomous model for how this stuff goes out there, you can never fully censor that. But you can get a lot of control and you can take some of that and censor some of that, and that did happen with the church and with the state. And we see that happening today, both with the state and with big tech, for example, where you do see some information getting censored. You have a very popular video that might contradict something that the state is saying, and that video might get censored. It might get pulled from Facebook and pulled from YouTube. Now it is never going to be completely censored because there's always going to be another place to find it because of this decentralized model that we have with the Internet. But If you censor it from the main platforms, then you can largely control the flow of information. Now, you're not going to control it from everyone, but most people, 90-something percent of people probably, use these main platforms to get all the information that they get. Just like in the society of the Reformation time period, most people got all of their information from a small number of sources, their local church being one of them. And so if you shut down information at those main sources, it's not like they couldn't get the information and that it just disappeared and it was completely censored, but it was much more difficult to get access to that information. It didn't flow through the culture and society in the same way. And so you would have semi effective censorship that is largely effective. And that's what we are seeing today, again, where information is being censored. It's largely being done by big tech, but also being done by the state. And it's the same excuse that is being used that the tech is to blame for a lot of these economic issues. A lot of the social issues and moral unrest. It's things like maybe pornography or a site like The Silk Road, where people would buy drugs and weapons and things like that that are illegal. And it's this technology that is to blame for this. And so what we need to do, at least what we are told we need to do, is to centralize this model so that we, the state, or we, the corporations, can have more control over this and we can actually censor this. And we're censoring it for your own good. You want us to censor this information so that we can control this in a good way and steer the information and the technology in a way that benefits you, the people. People. and so that's largely what's happening here just like it happened in earlier time periods you are starting to see people beg Facebook and YouTube or Google or whoever uh, alphabet to whatever company you want to go with there um, people are asking these companies to To self-censor the content on their platforms. And the state is doing this as well. And so this is something that is happening now, just like it happened then. And it is a model that seems to be very effective, even if it doesn't completely shut everything down. And we are also seeing a lot of that control being held in the hands of these main platforms that people access information through, like the ones I just mentioned. You've got Instagram and Facebook and Um, Google and YouTube and Twitter and all of these different things, uh, mostly all, owned by a small handful of tech companies. And so a lot of that power, a lot of that control is in the hands of big tech. And so there is that shift that I had talked about of shifting from the state to the corporate world. And as we talk about the data and information technology, that aspect of the corporate world would largely be big tech. And so this is what is happening. This is how the technology is being used and how the movement is being steered. Now I'm going to cut this off here and we'll pick up next time and talk about how this is playing out We'll talk about things like what is being put out there by this information? What types of things are being censored and why things like I've mentioned like pornography or slander or trash information or stuff that's just Popular but has no true benefit for people. It's just pure entertainment. It's not actually educational what is the worry of information overload or of not being able to get quality information out there because you have all these different random sources that are putting information out there. These are the types of issues that were discussed during the time of the printing press and are definitely discussed today as well. And so we'll talk about some of those specific things about how the technology is used, and that will be in next week's episode. So... Thank you very much for listening. I do really appreciate it. I appreciate people who have left a review and a rating and have emailed me with some feedback, who are interacting with me on Twitter. I appreciate all of that. If you had not requested a t-shirt, I did place that order. So if you requested one, I have ordered it for you and I will get it out to you. If you did not request one then you are always welcome to send me an email and say, hey, I would like one next time you order them. I'll put you on a list. There were some people that had requested way back during season one when I was recording that. They missed out on that first t-shirt giveaway I did, and I reached back out to them whenever I uh, was ready to place this order during this time period and this giveaway, and uh, at least one of those did respond and wanted a t-shirt still, even though it had been almost a year, and they were still interested, so I did order one for them so if you still want one in general then please do let me know and you will be on the list and I will get back to you even if it takes a year eventually I will get back to you next time I do an order it might not be that long but you will at least be on the list and I'll check back in with you later. So with that, I guess that is all that I have for today. Thank you very much for listening and for all of your support. And please come back next time as we get into another aspect of the technology of the printing press and the internet related to these big movements going on. So with that, I'm out. Peace. This has been another episode of Our Foundations Podcast. Making for the thing. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye.